horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. Okay, thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Uh, I have found out that we had a group of squirrel bats living in my attic, and it got in there above the studio and tore apart the wire. To, so last week's show was a little fuzzy. Uh, we should be coming across uh, just fine this evening, and I'm very glad because I've got uh, a lot in store for you and uh, got some great, uh, great guests so uh, good racing, great guests. What more could the world ask for? Out of the gate, first guest will be Frank Angst, who's the editor of all the features for the Blood Horse uh, in the magazine and obviously this day and age on site. Um, he'll be... Uh, He'll be catching us up at Saratoga. Also, we're going to review some of the big uh, three-rolled races. You know, Frank, being the editor of a, a national publication, keeps his uh, finger on the pulse of racing. So we'll talk about some of the big races, big horses, and some of the eventual match-down matchups that they're going to have in the showdown at the Traverse Stakes at Saratoga later in the meet, the Midsummer Derby. So with Frank at Saratoga, um, we're going to uh, take a look at the race that everybody's focused on and that is the million dollar Whitney Stakes Hot Rod Charlie can, uh, can he get over his case of second ice second itis he said had some bad like during his career but life is good looks to be floating to the top and you can't throw out Olympiad so we'll see what Frank has to say about that uh, then there's the Longines test which should be a slam dunk for Matarea and I know from talking to Frank earlier in the day that he is a sleeper in the Saratoga Derby Invitational, that's a million-dollar grade one on the green at Saratoga. Let's hope that they have better weather than pretty much the most of the country. It is nice there in upstate New York. So you said two guests, John. You're going to have Frank Angston from the Blood Horse, who's your second guest. Well, he's a guy that's finally known to track announcers throughout North America as who. Julio Felix. Julio Felix will be with us. I've known Julio for, oh, I'm going to say over 20 years, but I missed him the last 10 or so because he, he left Ohio and he moved to Chicago and had been making a good living at the Chicago area tracks. was always in the standings at Arlington Park. Arlington, what you say? That's right. Sadly, the track exists no longer for racing purposes and julio is one of the many uh talented horsemen uh riders exercise riders trainers um that had no place to go after you know maybe spending their whole life on the backstretch at arlington park or in the chicago area with the uh, circuit of racing they used to have um so we're going to talk to Julio not only about how his life has been 
uh, undone and how he's got to kind of reposition himself for, for the final couple furlongs of his career. And, uh, and probably talk a little bit about some of the people he knows that are impacted by the same thing. But I really want to get back to his early roots back in the Virgin Islands. You may or may not know it, but he's hailed as kind of a uh, local folk hero down there at uh, St. Croix and uh, St. Thomas. Uh, not too many good top riders come out of uh, uh, that area. Uh, I can only name three, and one of them sadly has passed last year. He's a rising star by the name of Petey Prentice. But anyhow, Huli Felix is going to tell us about coming up in the Virgin Islands and what it was like to finally get in the racing game because his path was a bumpy one. Well, we're trying to make your path to the bank every Monday a smooth one by publishing our easy win forms and uh, they have been striking with great success again we're not going to hit every race but when the analytics point to the right combination of horses in a race you might want to go to the window here are the minor pays from this last week at Laurel a $1 super high five paid $1,700 how about Horseshoe, Indiana? They had a lot of good racing this week. Um, a 10 cent Super 5 box paid 2258 And down in Florida, we had no less than three big winners at Gulfstream, with our biggest being $8,000, $1 Super 5 key. So go to winningponies.com. Pull down the easy win forms and listen to any of the replays of the shows that we put on for you. Now, John, let's get to what's going on in national news because time is getting tight. The National Museum of Racing will induct the Hall of Fame class on Friday. Now, some of the horses you may know, Beholder, how about her, a record of 18 and 6 and 0 from 26 starts earnings of $6.1 million and a winner of four Eclipse Awards and three Breeders' Cup. What a career. Champion two-year-old filly, champion three-year-old filly, champion older dirt female, won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, two editions of the Distaff. Wow, Beholder was something else. And uh, she's retired back at the farm that raised her, spent through a farm, is going to be bred to the best and have babies. Let's not forget Another horse being inducted to the Hall of Fame, Tappan. From 23 starts, she posted 13 wins, five seconds and a third for 4.4 million. Uh, and it was a good career. Last from 2013 through 2016. And she was the champion turf female twice in 15 and 16. And then uh, going back a little time, Hillsdale, the first horse bred in Indiana to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Hillsdale raced back in the late 50s, a uh, 41 starts as they did back in those days, but 23 wins. And this money was a lot for those days, 646000 So congratulations to, uh, to all of those uh, racing legends. Forever you will be enshrined in the National Racing Hall of Fame. So who's on the top at the track 
across the street from the Hall of Fame. Well, that would be Joel Rosario, who not only gets a leading jock at Saratoga, but gets Jockey of the Week from the Jockeys Guild. Uh, I mean, he's just a graded stakes ex, uh, express train right now. Um, he uh, had three graded stakes races. Not bad. So uh, congratulations to Joel. Can't go on with all the details. It's a bit too much. But the stakes win was Rosario's seventh graded victory of the Saratoga meet. This is just for a week. $1,052,000 leading all jockeys and earnings. Congratulations. Now, we're going to be talking about a lot of the East Coast racing. Let's not forget, it's Louisiana Champions Weekend, so you want to keep an eye out down there. And out on the West Coast, how about this girl? She Dares the Devil is going to come back and try to win the Clement Hirsch again. That was one of her biggest career victories. It's a grade one, $400,000, and most importantly, it's a win you're in towards the Breeders' Cup distaff. So check it out. That's Saturday out at Del Mar. She shares the devil. Now, some of the races from last week, I don't know if you saw the Amsterdam, looked like the big showdown between Corniche and Gunite. And uh, Corniche faded to last, and Gunite uh, completed a big weekend for gun runner surprise surprise uh in in taking uh the amsterdam now uh can't take anything away from the winner uh he was last year's hopeful winner uh he battled throughout really early fractions 44 and 3 you know was right there and then uh, just just went on and hold off uh, creditive um now what we found about corniche after the race, Louis Saevs couldn't find out. Well, they found out when the horse got back to the barn that the frog in the right foot uh, was gone. It was gone. Now, uh, the, 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 the frog is that little tender underneath the hoof. So it probably didn't feel. It would be like you trying to run on uh, you know, a dirt road with, uh, with one sneaker and no shoe on the other foot. Um, so it's something that'll be okay, but they're kind of stubborn to heal. So uh, it just needs time to heal. Uh, and then they'll put a protective plate over it. So hopefully he'll go back to training. He was last year's two-year-old champion after, uh, after all. Okay, some other results from last week. Uh, of course, uh, let's see. The Jim Dandy was just that, a Jim Dandy of a race. And Epicenter gets back in the winner circle after runner-up spots in two jewels of the Triple Crown, the Derby and the Preakness second in both of those races. Well, everybody thought this was early voting's uh, race to lose. He was going to go to the front. There was no early speed. And that happened until he got caught and got tired, finished the last in the very abbreviated field after the scratch of Western River, it was Epicenter getting the deserved win under Joel Rosario. And second was Zandon, who was third in the Kentucky Derby. And third, Tony Port. Uh, then we uh, went 
to the Alfred Vanderbilt, and there wasn't much to talk about either before or after the race. Just two words, folks. Jackie's Warrior. Without a doubt, he is the fastest horse right now in the country, and we'll find out what happens down the road. That makes it four for four this season, trained by Steve Asmussen. Joe Rosario in the saddle. Jackie's Warrior just toyed with him. Keep Deep in Snow tells you why you should play horses in these short races for exactus. 22 to 1. And in the third spot was Willie Boy. All right. Then we did go out to Delmar and take a look at a couple of races there. And uh, heading them all was the grade one. Bing Crosby, this race, six furlongs, and the winner right there. It's going to make it a good matchup. Getting his stride again was American Theorem, a son of American Pharaoh. Uh, it, so got up in this race is now... Uh, won its last two races and it just seems to be getting better is now a five-year-old great big good-looking gray a son of american pharaohs i stated out of a maria's mon mare which is probably where it got his coloring get her number was second and let's get lucky was third and then the san diego handicap the winner in there royal ship Boy, you gotta like this horse. Tries hard every time. Mike Smith back in the saddle. Whew. Sent away at nine to one. Not too often you get Mike Smith at nine to one out there, but you did. Uh, it was went under a hand ride, kind of wide. Didn't matter. But twenty-one dollars to the Richard Mandela trainee Royal Ship and taking the Grade Two San Diego handicap. Second was Country Grammar, the two-to-one favorite, the Dubai Bounce, folks. We see it again. And uh, in the uh, third spot was Stiletto Boy. Well, that's a look at the, the national news and what we covered last week. And what we're going to look at coming up this week, our first peak We'll be into the Saratoga meet on Saturday. And again, we have reached out for the expertise of none other than Blood Horse. Features editor Frank Angst. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. We're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we'll be with Frank Angst. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. And they're off. What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Guys, with a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to 2500 So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to WinningPonies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at Bet. US.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, a good guy in racing. You know, you you see features editor of a major national publication like the Blood Horse, and you think it's some haughty, toddy guy, uh, you know, <laughs> with a journalism background, smoking a Mershon pipe, you know, evaluating the uh, works that will be published in the, his uh, uh, magazine that week. Anyhow, that's not Frank. Frank's a regular guy, folks, and that's why I like having him on. He's the kind of guy you can go to the racetrack with, have a beer, box some exactors, and have a good day. Frank Angst, welcome back on The Regular Guy. Good to have you. Good to be on, John. Thanks as always. Well, uh, you, you know, so much is changing 
in our world of publications because it's almost like I, I have to say at the same time um, some sort of uh, media outlet or content or something, you know, to just say uh, someone publishes a, a magazine. I, I don't know any magazines that aren't pretty much also published on the internet anymore, Frank. Uh, you know, how, how did the transition go for everybody down there at the Blood Horse? Because it had to be a big one because your magazine historically is one of the most read journals about racing in the world. Yeah, and I mean, you appreciate that every time you put out a new issue and you, you hear from so many people and that's always great to hear from. And I mean, uh, at Blood Horse, we're, we're proud of all our platforms. We have the, the website, of course, bloodhorse.com. We have a free daily newsletter, which just, it amazes me every day how much information is in Blood Horse Daily. And if you're not getting that, you can go to bloodhorse.com and sign up for it. For As I said, it's a free PDF-type newsletter. And... Um, let my people know. Let my yeah, people know, Frank. They have to. It's right up in the in the corner there. You'll see BH Daily, and that's how you sign up. We've also launched a a a play a pay platform, which is very cheap. It's hardly anything a month, um, but it's uh, heavy on videos and heavy on pedigree results from stakes. And then the magazine is now a monthly and. Um, I just really, that's the main thing I'm doing these days is putting that together. And it's just, we've just had some, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but just month after month, it's what I'm talking about is the writers that I get to deal with and read their work and the photographers. It's just amazes me every month that we put it out. And uh, since you're nice enough to put me on here all the time, I'll I'll give a little bit of an update there too, is we, we just did a survey just to make sure we're meeting all our readers' needs. And one thing that came through loud and clear is a little bit more uh, stakes results. Um, you know, when we went to a monthly, we didn't have a necessarily a, a good feel on how much stakes results people would still want because by the time they're getting it, it's a little old. But I heard loud and clear from our readers that they still want that because they like to have the pedigrees all in one place. We're doing the grade one stakes now, but we're looking to add – we'll definitely be adding – some other graded stakes and, and really all the stakes on some level, um, but still all being decided, but yeah, we're going to, we try to listen to our readers. So that's one thing, uh, will be changing just a little bit in the next few months. You know, um, I'm, I'm sure my, my, uh, kids who are, they're not kids anymore, but my <laughs> younger sons would say, dad, come on, get it. You, what do you want to have that thing on a bookcase for? What, what do you want to get that thing in the mail? You know, you, you just go online. It's right there. It's fresh. It's right there. The story will change tomorrow. I'm like, you guys don't, don't understand. There's a difference between reporting and in journalism, you know, I yeah. said I like to read stories. I like I, over the years you develop a trust in certain writers, and, and God forbid I will not mention one name, Frank, because I got too many <laughs> friends in the business, and I don't want to tick anybody off. But there are so many 
good journalists out there that spend their life crafting their trade and, you know, thinking of words that will put the reader standing right there alongside the, the subject he's talking about or the race he's describing. Um, you know, these people are, are, are true wordsmiths. And there's please let me know that there's a place for those people in our future. Uh, you know, that, that we're not going to be like, like the, 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 the twilight zone and be the obsolete man. You're obsolete. Yeah. They can go to That's your computer. Your magazine is obsolete. <laughs> no. And I think I, if I'm repeating myself, stop it. But I mean, to be able to hold in your hand a good size color photo that Ann Eberhardt had taken is a joy. I mean, you yeah. know, she's won awards. She, you guys just did a great tribute to her on the, your site. And, um, but that's something you just, you can't see on a three and a half by five digital image. You gotta hold of it. Course. it and I don't know, call me old fashioned. I'm sure most people are right now, but I, I really still love a well-published magazine and you, you guys do a great job. So Adolf. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. And yeah, we just try, we try to do different things on each platform that going to a monthly there, there's very little that repeats in the, if you're getting that magazine, which we realize people are making level of financial commitment there, tax-free if you're in the industry. <laughs> Or tax write-off, I should say. Um, but at, at any rate, um, it, it's very. It's each each of our platforms is different, and that magazine. There's not much. If you're not getting the magazine, you're going to be missing out on some of the stories because we don't run them anywhere else. Well, it, it's beautiful, and uh, since that, now that I know that's one of your uh, main jobs as one of the quarterbacks there, again, I mean, you do a great job, Frank. Well, listen, I also introduced you uh, online, and at the head of the show is a guy that knows his way around a racetrack a little bit and, you know, has been to a betting window or two. So, uh, again, you know, you get to Saratoga and you go, oh, well, this horse can't be beat. How many people have lost a lot of money at Saratoga saying this horse can't be beat? So let's get right to the one horse on Saturday that can't be beat, and that would be in the Longines test. It's a grade one. Of course, this this horse can be beat. But yeah. when you look when you look at in the test, I mean everything has in my you know. I, Congratulations to Brad Cox. I don't know how he does it with right. once he got like 170 horses in training. Frank, if you look at this horse or listeners at, at home, look at what he did this year. In February, gives the horse a modest, modest, I wish I won a $53,000 allowance race. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, w w w wins the allowance going six. Then stretches out to seven and wins a grade three Beaumont. Then stays at seven and wins the prestigious eight bells on Derby Day. And then moves the uh, show up to the grade one acorn of Belmont and wins that like a good thing. The horse has speed. The horse drawn outside of it doesn't. I mean... This whole race could not be painted a more picture perfect for Mater Rea, but they may have said that about Man of War the day uh, upset <laughs> beat him. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I I think the morning line. You know, I think she's two to five. I know she's odds on. Um, I think it's very, very lot, very likely that the about the odds and deservedly so. Um, I think you know Brad is a master at just keeping these horses on top of their game for each start. And it's 
seems like he did really well here is he kind of knew early on that he that he had a Philly sprinter. Like it doesn't seem like they really gave too much thought of stretching out, which is always tempting because there's so many lucrative stakes at two turns for three-year-olds, whether to be Phillies or Colts. But he really seemed to know what he had right from the start with her, and boy, she's been amazing to watch. I, I think if there isn't, I, I, we just showed one of the races from last week and the, you know, the odds on favorite one, but the horse in second prayed 22 to one. So, you know, you made yourself, you know, decent exact. Uh, I, I'm looking underneath as always. And a horse that I find very interesting in this race, and I got to move it along. We only got five minutes left in this segment, but is wish okay. you well, who I'm looking, I'm going, uh, I, I thought it said American Pharaoh, but it said, the daughter of American freedom sold for over a half a million, you know, comes out, runs gangbusters, an 85 buyer in its first race. I think either the sloppy track or the fact that it hesitated to start, you can put a line through the second. This horse down the road, I think you're going to hear from wish you well, but it's probably not Got Saturday it. in the test. That is, so. I don't have too much of other opinion outside the favorite, so I will go with you on that, John. <clears throat> All right. And maybe hook, well, hook those two up. I'm going to save the best for last because I said at the top of the show, you got something sleeping for us there in <laughs> the uh, the Caesar Saratoga Derby. But l- l- let's, let's move on uh, – to, to the big boy. I mean, we're talking about the Whitney. You can go back to m- my days. I remember Ali Dar winning uh, there in 78 and then move it up uh, a little bit. And Dwayne Lucas there with Lady Secret. Let's not forget the, the legendary personal ensign and the East Coast's all-time favorite, Easy Goer. Bring it into more modern times, folks, for guys that aren't as old as you. How about Blame uh, Gunrunner? Uh, that was only five years ago. And Nick's Go uh, last year. So uh, that's some pretty good company to be with. And this is some awful good company, though, with short field. Everybody says life is good, probably can't be beat. But I got a feeling some people are going to still find reasons to bet uh, Olympiad, who's fresh off a great effort in the Stephen Foster, and certainly Hot Rod Charlie, who's probably got mm-hmm. the most cursed uh, case of second-itis I've seen in racing for a while. Yeah, Hot Rod Charlie, he always seems to be there. So at some point, he'll probably break through with a really big win again. I mean, he's had it. He won the Haskell by DQ or what have you, but yeah, I, I keep waiting for that to happen, but uh but yeah, it's a field of six, but they certainly got three of the biggest horses in the country in Olympiad, and life is good. I, it's so funny because I just think the world of life is good, and uh, it's put on so many spectacular performances. But I'm I'm going to go with Olympiad here. I just um, ah. really like the way Olympiad ran in the Stephen Foster. And uh, one of the things I look at is Equibase pace figures. Which is on their uh, premium. If you don't, you have to get their premium pass performances. Um, but it's the first number, and then followed by their their speed figure. And what I noticed about Olympiad is, in a lot of races, he'd been running, and he'd been he's basically a uh, tracks the pace type horse. Shadows the early leader. That's what he likes to do. And in a lot of those races, they were slow paces where he would track that leader, and then sit, take control. 
But in the Stephen Foster, Cato River was in that in that race, and he set a very nice. You know, he went hard on the lead early, and Olympiad was most assuredly. Not only was he up to the challenge, he then delivered, in my opinion, the best race of his career. And I I think he's going to have a chance to repeat that on Saturday. I think he's going to let life at life is good to go to the lead and try to replicate that track him again i won't be shocked at all if life is good just keeps going because I, I do like i said i think the world of that horse but boy olympiad's going about as well as you can go and what when else are you going to get him as a second choice if one way yeah, of looking at it can't can't knock your pick he's going for his sixth straight win in a row and frank those last five performances were all triple digit buyers so you yeah. make a good case for an upset a life is good in the whitney and we only got a minute or so to to knock out the saratoga derby now this race unlike a lot of saratoga doesn't have the history that a lot of the other races do it's a relatively young race but it's still a grade one a million dollars frank angst let me know who you like well i'll tell you it's, it's not often that you you have a horse coming in off a win as big as classic causeway who's then eight to one in the morning line oh and the reason for that of course is because he just won as a big long shot i happened to actually pick him that day <laughs> but all right at, at, <laughs> at any rate i'm i'm sticking with him i I've just seen a lot of buzz out there that people are writing that off as they got an e- or easy lead. But again, the, the Equibase pace figures suggest otherwise. He put on, he actually went fairly hard on the lead, and I don't think anyone can run with him. And I don't think anyone can run with him Saturday. And I think, it, I mean, if he's any, well, I like him regardless. And I'm hoping to get that 8-1 to ballpark because the, hor- the horse was on the derby trail. They took him off the dirt, you know, they they, find, they finally gave him a shot on the turf, and he really had a, a lot of turf breeding. And, you know, you, most of the big turf runners come from behind, but every once in a while you have that that turf horse that likes to go to the lead, and they can be awfully tough because a lot of turf horses don't have that kind of speed. Now, it does look like there's a little bit more speed in here than the Belmont Derby, but, um, boy, I just I think he's at an – I think he can handle it. I don't think it's going to bother him that much, so I'm going to play him right back. So it's a very it's it's he, he's coming off a big race, but I think people are still overlooking him, still waiting to be sold. I'm I'm going to run him right back. Well, I, I, I'm going to take a horse uh, who's nine to two that got beat by Classic Causeway in his last race, and that is Stone Age. Let me give you my ang- my angle here. Sure. Last year, this race was captured by an Irish bred, ridden by John Velasquez, trained by an O'Brien who shipped in from overseas. <laughs> the only difference about this year is the O'Brien, the O'Brien is Joseph's father, Aiden O'Brien, who has a bit of a <laughs> reputation himself for coming it's over from good. across the pond, <laughs> you know. So I'm going to go with Stone Age. I thought that was huge. Got a terrible post in the Belmont Derby and didn't start running to the last half mile. 
and uh, only was beaten three quarters of a link, closing like a bat out of hell. We'll see what Johnny V does at Saratoga. So we're giving you two price horses here in the Saratoga Derby Invitational. Well, Frank Anks from the Blood Horse, thanks for spending time with us, updating us on what's going on at the Blood Horse, and I hope you have a good week at the betting window wherever you go, Frank. Thanks so much, John. I appreciate it. Okay, coming up next, that's right, the legend from Virgin Islands, none other than Julio Felix. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Guys, with a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to 2,500. So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to WinningPonies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at BetUS.com. US.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. Gentlemen, I can call a friend. I have known him for easily over 20 years. I introduced him in the way that so many track announcers like to. Ladies and gentlemen, with us right now, none other than Julio Felix. Julio, how are you doing? 
I'm doing good, Jan. Thanks for inviting me on your show. Well, I, I, I did invite you. I, I, I went over to your Facebook page and I told everybody about the interview and that they can go to winningponies.com. And, uh, usually they get it up by tomorrow for anybody that, you know, couldn't make it. A lot of your fellow jockeys are probably in bed already. Um, but and anyhow, I, so anyhow, I put this up on Facebook about an hour ago. Okay. And about five minutes ago, I get a ding on my phone and it says, Tell Julio I said hello tonight. I love the guy. We're very close. Do you know who that message is from? No. <laughs> Kentucky Kentucky Derby winning trainer Eric Reed. Oh, my man Eric Reed. He's the best. He's the greatest. <laughs> Isn't he? Well, also on your website, I've got, I forgot that you were his, one of his regular riders back in the day. But anyhow, I put a picture of you winning the uh, green carpet handicap and I noticed the silks and they were Mrs. Alexander's silks, which was the big stable back then that Eric had, you know? So, uh, yeah, anyhow, Eric Reed says he, it says he loves you and to say hi. So from there, what can I say folks? When you got, they got the one, the Kentucky Derby reaching out, this guy's legit. And like I said, he, he, he's been known over his career as the money rider. He's got a huge, uh, fan base in the Virgin islands because they really have few heroes to cheer for in the world of thoroughbred racing. Now, when I talk to Virgin islands, I, you know, I'm a little gray out of myself. So if you just think of, um, you, you know, St. Thomas, St. Croix, that's the area we're talking about. Is that, that correct, Julia? That's where you spent most of your youth? Yes. Um, St. Croix, the U S Virgin Islands. Um, you know, one, one thing about St. Croix, we have horse racing over there, St. Croix and St. Thomas, and there's a track in Tortola, but that's the British Virgin Island. And we all compete against one another. And uh, but we don't we don't have a jockey school down there, so that kind of made it a little harder for someone like me to make it in America. Even though it's the U.S. Virgin Islands, it's not recognized in the United States. Now you've grown you've grown uh, in there, and we're going to talk about the path you took to 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 get you to get you in in the in in the saddle, but. Uh, your real passion and what you were really good at as an athlete was baseball. <laughs> yes, I, I, I mean, I, I was kind of terrible. I couldn't get a hit to save my life, and they put me away in the corner out there in, in left field where nobody ever hits the ball. And, uh, and they would always hit the ball to me. I would catch it and drop it, and I would pitch them out in first base, third base, home plate. And the, the coach asked me, have you ever pitched? And I said, no. And so he put me on the mound, and it was lights out. I mean, no one, <laughs> I, I would pitch no hitters after no hitters. It was crazy. And you started in the all-star game against your big rival, Puerto Rico, I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I pitched, uh, I pitched three games. I won two, and then... uh the, the last one, I could only pitch half of it because I threw my arms out, my arm out, and uh, we we did lose the series, but we we did good for you know for a small island. They call us sm- small island people. <laughs> well, 
as you're, you're as a small island person, um, and you correct me anywhere. Uh, I I go wrong here because uh, my memory's not the world's greatest. But um, you, you, your best friend was a jockey who broke his leg. And, yes, and then he, he yes. kind of convinced you because he knew you were athletic, but all the other baseball players were getting bigger and stronger and you stayed jockey size. So, so your best friend convinced you to become a rider and you had never been on a horse before. Yeah, that's true. Um, what happened was, you know, I started, started hanging out on the track with him because uh, when I went to the next league, it was I pitched from 13 to, to 15. And the 16 to 18 league, man, those guys were giants. And I was still a little shrimp, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, nah, I need to find another career. And then I watched him, the horse bolted and ducked, and he fell off and, and he broke his leg right in front of my eyes. And, uh, and then when he came back, he was, I mean, he grew like five inches. I mean, he shot up like a tree and he got too heavy and, and he said, well, you can be a jockey. And I said, me? I said, <laughs> I said, me? Yeah, let's do it. And funny thing is, they put me on a horse, and the, the first horse I got on, he just started walking and jogging, and I fell off. And I, I said, put <laughs> me back on. <laughs> he started jogging again, and I fell off again. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I mean, when I tell people that story, they, they crack up. Well, the good thing is, is, you know, I, I know that, uh, you, you know, a lot of horses threw you throughout your career from talking to you. And at one point, a horse threw you when you were early enough and you, you said to yourself, hey, that was fun. Let me back oh. up there. <laughs> yeah, that's when I went to the track for the first time. Uh, I went to the the racetrack with, uh, you know, uh, I, I moved to the countryside and they had horses and I took, they took me to the track and they wanted me to exercise this horse and I got on him and he started bucking and man, he threw me 15 feet in, I mean, literally 15 feet in the air. I almost did a complete somersault. I landed on my feet somehow and rolled over and I said, man, that was fun. Put me <laughs> back on. I got back on. He threw me again, 15 feet in the air and they couldn't catch the horse. But um, I came back the next day and the next day and the next day, and that same horse, he couldn't get me off anymore. Well, one thing nobody will ever call Julio Felix is a quitter. Now, obviously, Julio, somebody recognized your talents because tell us briefly about the first race you ever won because it was a big one. Yeah, um, and and St. Croix, you know, we, we... have a lot of horses from Puerto Rico and, and from here, from the United States. And uh, I started galloping this big barn, saw that I was, I had, I had a lot of heart and I was talented. And uh, they st- I started working the horses and I went over to St. Thomas, which was one of our rivalries. And uh, I went to ride for this one guy from St. Croix and he, he switched last minute and put one of the guys, one of the jockeys from Puerto Rico on the horse, which he was favorite. And the guys from St. Thomas put me on their horse. And this was the Governor's Cup. This was the biggest race in the Virgin Islands. And that's the first race I ever rode and the first race I ever won. 
Oh man, well. I mean, he, and a stake that was the the biggest race. That was the. I mean, I felt like I was in a dream, a dream. And every time I win a race, I feel that way up to this day. It's it's such a good feeling, just to win, just to prove people wrong. Because people always, they they always told me, man, why don't you quit? You know, you never make it as a jockey. And it, the more you tell me to quit, is the harder I work. And that, that's what make make me who I am today. I'm not well, a quitter. We're talking with Julio Felix. If you don't know who he is, and probably people on the East and West Coast don't, but people in the Midwest do, um, he has ridden over 26,000 races with uh, – 3,355 wins. Now, Julio, what's impressive is your second and third place finishers in this career that has led you to earn over $43 million have also been um, with or above your win. So that tells me no, you're not just a win jock. You're there to try your hardest every time because you know darn well how hard those people work to get that horse to the races. And a head bob for second or third can be the difference in a hay bill for some of these people. Oh, it means a difference to me, too. I, I don't want to run last. I hate running last. You know, and I'm not, and you said it right. I mean, people work hard, you know, and everybody expects to win. And, you know, if I if I could get second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, or, you know, without totally abusing the horse, I'm going to get it. But, you know, um, I always try to get, you know, um, the best out of my horse and, and, and do the best for my trainers. And that's why I'm paid. You know, that's why, that's why they leg me up, is to do my best. And, and that's my motto. Always, always do, if I can't do my best out there, if I lose my heart and I can't do my best, I'll quit. And well, he he hasn't lost his heart. Uh, he he's lost the, the the home that he's had uh, uh, after so many years uh, being booted out of the Chicago track. I'm going to get to that in one minute. <laughs> but I just want to let people know that Julio Felix is responsible for winning nine riding titles uh, at Thistledown Racetrack alone, and I'm going to think holds the unique American distinction of winning over 100 stakes races for the same trainer, Mike Nance, and the same owner, Ron McKay. I mean, how did you guys keep the band back together for so long? Uh, well, winning. It's all about <laughs> winning. Uh, man, we was, we was in the zone for a long time, you know, we we would win between ten to to twenty stakes a year, and uh, I mean it was, they, Mr. McKay. I don't know how he did it, but um, you know he 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 bred the right horses, I guess, and and they had a good system, you know. And those babies, they all look like they didn't look like Ohio breads. They 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 look like Kentucky breads, you know. Well, his and, uh, farm is just over the border, so he's not far from Kentucky. Yeah, but Mike Nance did a, a hell of a job, too, you know, and he had a good crew. I remember Merlin, you know, may he rest in peace, and, and the grooms and the Gallup boys, Brent Kelly. I mean, we, we had a good team, you know, and of course me, I, I, 
I got the job done too, but I couldn't do it without those guys, you know. Well, it, it it was just fantastic, you know, and you, you've always got, you know, a pleasant smile on your face. I was so happy to be walking into the track a couple of weeks ago, and this guy in shades and a golf cap looks at me and goes, hey, I had no idea who it was. He put the shades down, and it was Julio Felix, who <laughs> is now going to be riding in the northern Kentucky, southern Ohio uh, circuit. Uh, you know, uh, back in the days when he was winning all those riding titles, you, you heard some of the people he was riding for. Uh, Eric Reed was one. Another one who was one of the leading stakes trainers in Ohio and still is, uh, Tim Ham, who still races horses at Belterra. So, sadly, uh, and I, I've only got a couple minutes left to ad- address this, but um, with Arlington just shuttering their doors like them, luckily you kind of had a safe place to land, Julio, because you're kind of familiar with the territory. I've only got like two minutes left, but can can kind of wrap that up as to what that was like, the, the change to your life at your stage in life and riding when they closed Arlington? Yeah, well, I, I also want to thank um, Tim Ham and his, and his crew also. I mean, he gave me a big – I won – probably 50 stake races for him also in Ohio. You know, he was also a part of my lifting up my career. So, yeah, um, talking about Arlington, I, the reason why I moved over there is because we had like 10 between Hawthorne and Arlington. We had 10 and a half months of racing. And, you know, I, I have a family, uh, you know, kids, and that way I, I don't have to go anywhere. You know, I could just stay right there all year. And Arlington is, I mean, one of the most beautiful tracks you would ever see, see in your life. You know, I'm, I'm choking up a little bit because um, I can't believe they, they actually closed it down. You know, um, that, that's another track that, I mean, Hall of Famers came to. You know, John Hall of Fame horses, John Henry, was the first million-dollar the first track to have a million dollar purse. Right. And and I can't believe that they're shutting that place down. And and the reason why I'm coming back this way is because um we only have three months of racing in the spring and three months of racing in the fall over there. And and in the middle where we had Arlington for five months, it shut down. So all the trainers they have we all have to get out of there trainers, riders, exercise boys, and go somewhere else to go make a living. And thank God for, for trainers like Tim Ham, Chip, Chip Brownfield, and, you know, Julio. Susan Anderson and those guys that they haven't forgotten me, you know, and, and they're giving me a chance over here. They won't, and you'll do well, because I think you're back to a place where people do remember you. Sadly, uh, this interview's come to a close. My producer's telling me it's time to go. Julio, I look forward. Next time I see you, I hope it's in person. And thanks for spending the time with us tonight. Remember, Eric Reed says he loves you, and say hi. <laughs> oh, and Eric Reed, too. Don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, take care, Julio. I want to thank Frank Angst for the Blood Horse. I want to thank my producer, Josh Bygosh, for getting me through another show. And I want to thank you for listening to Winning Ponies You Want Winners. Come on over, grab a few easy win forms. Good luck, everyone.
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america variety channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voice